Hello, and welcome to the first ever The Untitled Gen X Podcast. A podcast hosted by two childhood best friends dedicated to the pop culture that raised us. I'm Kate Flanagan, a writer, a midwife, a current day pop culture know-nothing, but nobody puts baby in a corner when it comes to the pop culture of my youth. And I'm Lori Garcia, a writer and pop culture lover who's still not quite over how my so-called life left us hanging. Our pop culture origin story starts like so many origin stories, with a virgin. Madonna's iconic 1984 album, Like a Virgin, that is. This was the album that started it all for us. And by started it all, I'm talking about cul-de-sac lip sync battles, courtesy of our pastel pink boombox. We're going to talk a little bit about the album as a cultural touchstone of our youth, but we're going to focus on the two bops that blew our eight-year-old minds. Yes, I'm talking Like a Virgin and Material Girl. So let's get started. Hey, Kate. Hey, Lori. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm feeling a little bit nervous. Like this is our first podcast and I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm ready for it to not be great. It's like, I have high, I want it to be great. Like I I have high hopes, but maybe low expectations. That's a good place to be, right? Because you can only go up from there in terms of expectation. This is true. And you know what? I'm so excited that we started with Madonna because Madonna was a big part of our youth. She was. She was a huge part. Like, we were at a very impressionable age. I don't really remember being interested in musical things before Madonna. Like, maybe Michael Jackson was, like, part of my, like, on my radar before Madonna. But aside from that, yeah, same. Can't and you know, anyone else. for the folks listening who maybe don't know us personally, um, hi, mom. I know she knows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Katie and I actually, okay, I'm going to call her Katie. She goes by Kate, but you will hear me call her Katie because I've literally known her since we were babies. We grew up on the same street. Katie was a humongous part of my childhood. And we spent all of our waking hours together, like our whole young lives. We did. Like my mom babysat me and Lori and our other neighbor because all three of us were born the same summer. Um, 76. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, so we've just known each other forever. (laughs) Yeah. And so like when I say Madonna was a big part of our history, it actually really was. And So this album was actually released October 31st, 1984. It was Madonna's second studio album. And I think, you know what? I don't know this. I maybe didn't do enough research. I actually think like Borderline was on her first album. I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Borderline. uh, I don't, okay. I have not researched this. I just, I just just know know this. It's just (laughs) part of like my innate pop culture, eighties child. Uh, knowledge borderline and then uh, uh there was, was another one into the groove um, maybe i don't know we don't know be, yeah i don't know that one that kind of sure people blue. will let us know i'm sure there are more uh robust madonna fans than us out there um also i just want to say to the michael jackson fans i'm sorry that madonna was more on my radar than michael jackson uh she just was i mean he was too he was too katie we used to play thrill like play in air quotes finger quotes thriller do you remember this i do yes like let's play thriller like let's pretend to be zombies and i don't know we were fighting for roles like who got to be michael 
Right, right. No, like, this was, was a thing. And and for sure, he was like, he was definitely like way up there. But just <laughs> in, in my world, Madonna was just well, she was a Madonna. notch above Michael Jackson. And I just feel like there are Michael Jackson fans out there like wailing right now. And I mean, no disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> so it's no secret. This album was ginormous. It sold over 21 million copies. I want to know your history with this album. Tell me about it. I know you have a story. I have a story too. I think we all have a story about this album. Right. I mean, I, so I, I was trying to remember how it came to be in my life and I have no memory of that. It just, it's just like, it was always there. Right. <laughs> and um, like manna remember, from heaven. <laughs> right. Like it sprang full grown from Zeus's head. Um, and so it, I don't know where I bought it. I, it was a cassette tape because oh, for sure. that's how old we are. Um, and I played it a lot, but I, I don't remember like when it came to be. And I for sure know because I learned uh, in this little research part of this podcast that the song was introduced to the world at the MTV Music Video Awards in like Bitch. September I definitely want to talk about that video. Um, and we will, but see, I didn't, we did not have MTV in no. the house growing up. Uh, so I, so I don't know when the song first like came into my awareness, probably the next day at school when everyone was talking about it. And I was like, what? Who's Which was that? much of my experience uh, as a child without cable. <laughs> <laughs> Kids today have no idea how hard we had to work for our entertainment. Right. I'd come to school, everybody would be talking about something. And I was like, oh yeah, uh-huh. What? what? <laughs> and we did, you couldn't go home and watch it on YouTube. So no. you had to pretend like you were cool. And you right. Well, I actually went to a Christian school and I, I don't know how this album came into my consciousness, quite honestly, because we were sheltered. We were so sheltered. However, I distinctly remember going to Music Plus Music Plus, yes, Music Plus, and picking out this cassette tape and bringing it to my mom and saying, I want to buy this. And she's like, of course, she knew nothing about Madonna. She just sees Madonna in this lace bustier on the cover of this album with the you know words like a virgin in place on it. And she's like, um, I don't know. Ask your dad. And I asked my dad and my dad's like, well, I, I, I don't really know. Do you have the money? You know, because like I had an allowance, they weren't going to like buy this thing for me. And I'm like, yeah, I do have the money. I am willing to spend my little $2 a week allowance on this cassette. I don't know how much it costs, but I know it costs more than a week's worth of wages. And so I bought it and my parents were like, we need to listen to it first. Okay. Um, and I remember my mom being like, I have concerns. And I didn't understand that because Honestly, I didn't know what a virgin was. I didn't know what a virgin was. I could sing these lyrics at the top of my lungs and feel them deeply in my own eight-year-old way without knowing what they actually meant. Did you know yeah. what a virgin no. was? No, and I have, a, I have a great story about this. Uh, it's one of my favorite memories from my childhood. So I was, you know, be bopping around the house uh, singing like a virgin. And my mom, who was very much a feminist, uh, said to me, 
do you even know what you're singing? And I was like, yeah, mom, it's like a virgin. It's Madonna. Um, I totally know. (laughs) Yes. And she's like, but do you know what a virgin is? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And so she said, why don't you go look it up and get back to me? Oh, I I love a mom that makes you do research. I love it. Right. So I go to the dictionary The you know, because again, like no, nothing online. I have to like open up the dictionary. My mom was a student. So she had all these like thesauruses and dictionaries. And, uh, and and so I come back out and I'm like, I don't see what the big deal is. (laughs) Like it says it's an unmarried woman. (laughs) Did it really say an unmarried woman? It, It did. It said an unmarried woman. And, and And then like my mom's, all of her energy turns from like questioning the song to just like anger at the dictionary. (laughs) At like Miriam Webster, like she was ready to throw down. Yes. Right. And she's like, it said what? (laughs) And I'm like an unmarried woman. And she was like, let me see that. And so she like marches down the hallway. (laughs) to Writing letters to her Congress people. (laughs) And she's like, that that is not what that means. <laughs> and so, and I mean, she must have explained it to me in that moment. I don't really remember that part of it, of it being explained. I just remember her like horror that like, you know, as a feminist, her, the dictionary in her household was equating uh, marriage and virginity as if they were the same thing. Right. We all know. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So as it turns out, like a virgin was Madonna's first number one single. And it was written by these two guys who actually wrote a lot of songs that are still in my heavy rotation today. It was written by um, the songwriting team, Tom Kelly and Billy Steinberg. And these guys also wrote True Colors, Cindy Lauper's big giant hit, So Emotional that Whitney Houston made famous, and Eternal Flame by the Bangles. And I'll tell you, like all three of those, They still hold up today, big time. I love them all. Right, very iconic songs. Yes. Um, And apparently, I did not fact check this. Okay, let me just go on record. (laughs) I I fully invite Billy Steinberg to um, come on this podcast someday and tell me if this is actually true. I found this quote where he apparently allegedly said, when she, Madonna, sings, I don't know how lost I was until I found you, the you she's referring to is God. So I, I feel like that might be true because in the NPR, there's an NPR um, article um, <laughs> and that's in the show notes, but uh, he, the, I think it's him talks about that um, it was meant to be a ballad and it was meant to be like an earnest song. It was not meant to be sexualized. And wow, that's not how I know the song to be. No, like he wrote it after he had broken up with somebody and was really brokenhearted and uh, sort of was having like a, uh, and and he didn't address specifically the thing about uh, who the, you know, uh, ambiguous you is in Mm -hmm. the um, wording, but, but yeah. And, and in fact, they talk about, um, I have not seen this, but there was a nun who sang it on. I don't like uh, one of those reality shows about, see, I'm clueless really? about pop culture now, <laughs> like The Voice or like one of those things. Um, and and so she was singing it like to God, like, you know, that that was. Well, um, all the more reason my parents should have been like, yes, we will buy you this cassette tape. Lori, you go to a Christian school, sing well, this with God in your heart. Right. And that's, it's funny because when I went back to like rewatch the video and re-listen to it as an adult now, because I don't know when I listened to it last, 
I was like, what is this song about? What is it trying? What is the message? <laughs> I'm trying to learn here. <laughs> because like, there's part of like the feminist in me that's like, why does somebody have to make you like a virgin? Like, isn't it okay if like, you know, <laughs> like, right. a woman should be empowered and like in her body and her sexuality, but, but that's not even really what it's saying. So it was, so then it made a lot more sense when I listened to the NPR wow. um, audio clip. Yeah. The more, you know, the more, you know, yeah. um, well, let's talk about the, the video. I, I actually don't know the first time I saw this video again, because I did not have MTV either. Um, I probably saw it like in the later eighties at a slumber party. I'm guessing like other kids had access. <laughs> we yeah, did so not. I had a friend down the street that, um, that I went to school with. So, so this is an important part of Lori and I's history is that some of our friends were neighborhood friends because we all lived in the same street. And then like some of our friends were like, some of my friends were neighborhood friends that I went to school with. So like this particular friend lived like two blocks away. So her and Lori weren't friends, yeah. but her and I were, and, and I spent a decent amount of time at their house and they had all the fun things, including cable and a pool and like high C and Doritos Twinkies. all the time. Twinkies, ding dongs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that was like a B house to hang and out that is at. Party house. Plus she had two, um, well, it's I, interestingly, like it was like innocent party house, right? Because they were a very religious family, um, but they had like just all of the good stuff. Uh -huh. And she had two older siblings. She had an older brother and an older sister. So then there was like the coolness that that brought in. So it was a cool house. Uh, and so I, I'm sure that I saw it on cable at her house because they definitely had cable. Well, going back and watching it again as an adult, I, I have some thoughts. I know you do too. Um, let's talk about the video. Okay. Yes. We open on a New York skyline at night. We see a shot of the twin towers that instantly made me sad. Um, a casual Madonna hops off a little boat. I don't know what those little boats are called. Whatever. Not from New York, couldn't say. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we grew up in the San Gabriel Valley. We know suburbs and and cars. Right. <laughs> okay, right. so suddenly we pan to the canals in Venice. Is this in her imagination? I don't know. There is a lion. Why? Why is there a lion? What is the symbolism here? And he steps to the beat, which is kind of cheesy. Um, well, uh, okay. Do you know what else he does to the beat? Oh, I know. We will talk about it. Oh, I was like, what? I know. It's, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, <laughs> we will talk about it. This video was actually directed by Mary Lambert of um, Pet Cemetery fame. Maybe she likes out animals. Maybe this is the underlying theme here. I, I don't really know. Um, but this was actually shot in New York and in Venice, which I don't know. I'm just thinking like, wow, early MTV, like that was some serious like budget. Like it let's shoot was. your video in New York and in Venice. That's crazy for like early video. Yeah. That's an it, investment. It had a, it was like a very high budget for a video at that yeah. time. Like now, probably not, but back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it, what's funny is that the fact I watched that video a lot as a kid. Uh, and yet somehow I completely forgot that it took place in Venice and I've been to Venice and like that was, and I have this weird thing about like when I'm places that show up in TV shows and movies. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, look, I'm like, this is where I am. Uh, and not on my mind at all. When I was Interesting. In Venice, it wasn't on your radar. Mind. 
Mm-mm, no. Okay. Well, like a lot happens early, early in the video, we see Madonna again, there's some sort of costume change. Now she has her hair up. She's wearing this neon green lace top, um, with a giant bow in her hair looking like chic AF. She looks so cute. I feel like how she looks in that moment is like every girl that dressed up as Madonna for Halloween, like copied that look. (laughs) For sure. The bow, the the lace, the Crop, the, you know, fingerless gloves. Yes. So cool. I remember wanting to be Madonna kind of a la desperately seeking Susan vibes for yeah. Halloween. And my mom said no. And then we went and got me a costume of a French maid. Now don't ask me <laughs> why that's better. I actually don't think that it is. Yeah. But, but see, yeah. you didn't know, like you thought you I were didn't. just a, a, my mom a French didn't know. maid. My mom didn't um, know. She's like, cute costume. You look cute, but don't yeah. you dare wear fingerless gloves like Madonna with the bow in your hair. I, that you would have- be wrong. Did you have a Madonna glove? Because I had Madonna gloves. I didn't, nor did I have the giant crucifixes and rosary beads to wear as jewelry. I didn't, these things were not things, fixtures in my house. So that was a thing that Madonna made, made happen. Yeah. And I would not have been allowed to do that because we were Catholic. And I think that would have been considered uh, sacrilege. Sacrilegious. Do I don't so, think your your family would have appreciated it. Right. So I did have a rosary from, you know, my first communion a few years before or a year before that. But uh, no, I don't think I was going to wear it <laughs> as jewelry. Then there's like another, another change where she's in this black tank with the sides cut out, kind of like, like pretty woman, like Vivian, pretty woman with the, right. you know, with, you can see the, the belly on the sides um, with like a black midi skirt, which is kind of cool is, you know, a skirt cut below the knee was not super revealing. Um, and over spandex blue tights. And she's wearing a belt that presumably is the boy toy belt. But I kept trying to pause the video. I could not tell. The belt said something. I think it said boy toy. Um, and she looked she looked super cute. But it's like between the crucifixes and the rosary beads and the boy toy belt belt and the way she's moving around I'm like okay irony we see you like this is just a huge like paradox the video is a giant paradox it's just weird really when you watch it it's just it's weird and like also I was sort of struck by kind of like did you ever go back to your elementary school when you were an adult and you were like not if I can help it And you're like, oh, it's really small and kind of quaint. And like all the stuff I thought was fancy is not fancy at all. Right. And that's how I felt about this video. Like, I was like, what is she? She's like writhing around. She's not really dancing. (laughs) She's just sort of like moving her body strangely. And um, on a canal. I mean, in a canal. On a canal. On a a gondola. gondola. Yeah. In a canal. And also, did you like, I, I either I'm reading too much into this or or this is what they meant. But there was a lot of like, like going through tunnels. Oh my God, were you so assumed? Oh, like. Was meant to like, like going through like tunnels. Like, yeah. I I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Wow. You know what? I I am a midwife. So I, I, (laughs) (laughs) you You were thinking in, in those terms. That's really interesting. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about how there's no way when they filmed this video, she didn't hit her head. Because oh, I'm sure. There were a couple of times she ducks down from the tunnel, like right in time. And maybe it's because 
I'm a mom and, and somebody with um, sort of generalized anxiety, I was really thinking she's going to hit her head. She's going to hit her head. Like this was a thing that I thought of numerous times throughout this video, but I like your idea better. That's, that's much yeah. more um, symbolic and right. I'm into it. Yeah. I was kind of like, Oh, how did I miss this before? Because, well, cause before I wasn't a midwife. Exactly. Um, and you know, when she's doing that, she's got her hair down and it's like kind of wild. And this her black... hair is impressive. In that oh, it looks so good. Like it's crunchy in all the right ways. Like it's yeah. not crunchy in a, you need a, you know, VO five deep condition, but right. like it's, it's crunchy in all the best ways. And she's got this like wild, hair, this black eyeliner, eyeliner, a bold red lip. And all of that is to tell us like, Hey, she's a sexual woman. We're like, right. okay, we get it. Noted. Duly noted. Right. So here she is on the, on the gondola, riding through canals, dancing, writhing, whatever she's doing. And then suddenly we pan to Madonna dressed as a bride, like in a palazzo. And she's uncovering white sheets from the furniture. So right. let's talk about the symbolism of that. Like uncovering the furniture what's happening she's I think it's the idea of like things like being like new again right like it's like a virgin like you're new again you're here let you me know. take off this dusty sheet and you can see the the right. clean furniture under it and possibly just the idea of like we want to have lots of white in the shot how can we <laughs> accomplish that linens all the white linens <laughs> So, I mean, I, there's so much about that video that doesn't make sense to me. And the lion is the like lion at the top. <laughs> is a big part of it. And then we see her man, okay? Her, her groom. Right. Because she must be married, right? Obviously, this is her, her new husband. Right. Right. Because, um, <laughs> like Merriam-Webster <laughs> And so we see him and he's now sporting a lion mask. mask. And I'm like, okay, like eyes wide shut could never. Is this like a nod to Beauty and the Beast? Like, what are we doing? I, I mean, I'm assuming maybe there's like this sense of like some sort of like animalistic. Like, like primal. Sexual. Yeah. Like, but... The mask is not good. Can we talk about that? No, the mask is like what I would think like a kid would wear. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a full 1984 plastic mask. Like with the string it, it wasn't. The not that, it was not that far off. <laughs> we're not saying it was that, but we're not saying it's not that. <laughs> it mean, both is and like, is not. <laughs> Schrodinger's mask. <laughs> yeah, I like. Okay, I know our expectations are a little bit higher now we have way better special effects in videos. We have way better budgets in videos. Okay. They blew the budget on location. This we know. Um, but and like lion trainers, apparently. Yes. Lion trainers. And look, I'm not expecting it to be like a lion King Broadway mask situation. Okay. But it, it didn't look good. The eyes looked no. kind of dead. Like it just, it, it didn't look good. And it's just like, just why? Just why? I don't understand. Why? Who, who was the conceptual artist for this video? Because I, I would, if they could 
send us an email. I would love that yeah. because I, I feel like there probably is a reason. I just wish I, I just knew. Don't know what it is. I, I think that it was like back to that whole primal thing. Right. That's what that was meant to represent. But then we cut, we cut to the part of the song that we have to the lion. What is he right. doing to the beat of the song, Katie? Oh, it disturbed us all. It really did. And I never noticed this uh, all the times that I watched it before, maybe because I didn't have the proper understanding or context to know what that would mean. Uh, but yeah, like his tongue, like, like he's like panting of, to the yeah. beat of the song. It's hokey and disturbing. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, I'm bothered by this. Me too. Um, and I am a very open-minded person. <laughs> But it just, there was just something like, ooh. It was corny and misplaced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And awkward. It just, it didn't, I didn't. And that, you know, that was the other thing that struck me about this is that like at the time there was so, like this was so controversial and like so like overtly sexual and mm-hmm. so all of these things. But going back to watch it, I was like, it's actually a little awkward. <laughs> like it's, it's not, you it know, doesn't strike me in the way that it did at the time. What's interesting, and we will touch on the 1984 first ever VMA where she yes. performed this, which was actually far more revealing and sexual than the video itself. The video implies a lot, right? but it actually doesn't show a lot. Madonna, you know, even in her bridal gown, it's covering a lot. Um, there's not really any nudity. They don't show, I mean, they, they kind of cut to him laying her down on the bed for the like presumed love making, but they don't actually show them making out. She's looking at him lovingly, lovingly, but I mean, it doesn't actually reveal a lot, but yet. But you have to consider like in the context of the times, it did, right? Like It did, but then, you know, the VMAs, were the same year. And that was like next level. I thought, I thought that was shocking for 1984. I was, it was really hard. Should should we just move on to the end? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's an enjoyable video. I'm not knocking it. And like, I definitely watched it a lot. It just going back and watching it from this perspective, I was like, huh, (laughs) that's not how I, like, I think my memory of Madonna is Madonna a few years later where she'd really kind of come into like her space as a performer. And I think she wasn't there yet. Like she was still pretty new and, and, and it comes across, like you can see that. Yeah. I mean, she's 26 here, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that she was developing whatever persona Madonna was going to be, but at the 1984 VMAs, you know, we open with her standing as a bride on top of the giant wedding cake next to a groom. So they're looking like a cute cake topper. She's wearing definitely like a much bigger wedding dress situation than she did in the music video with this like really aggressive veil. The veil was like really, really big. Everything about that dress was kind of aggressive. It was aggressive. (laughs) It was wearing her. Oh yeah, she was swallowed whole. Um, And she was wearing the boy toy belt. Okay, you know, lots of pearls. Very visible. The lace bustier, which was more revealing honestly, than the video. Um, In the video, she had like, I don't exactly remember the top. I don't think it was a bustier, but she had these like really fluttery white sleeves. She had sleeves. Now she doesn't have sleeves. Oh my God. Right. Right. Um, But like, did you think too, when I think of Madonna, I think Madonna entertainer, I could watch her all day. She's really fun to watch. 
I don't actually think of her as like a vocalist, if you will, but I thought she sounded pretty good. Like she was singing live, right? I was kind of impressed. Is anyone ever singing live? I don't know. I, I always assume I, no one is. <laughs> I, to say, I was impressed. I was like, go you. Like, yeah, but I mean, back then maybe she was because maybe their technology wasn't as good for her not to be singing live. Right. Like Millie Vanilli um, happened later. Millie Vanilli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happened later. Um, so, you know, she's singing and then like, there's just all of this like, writhing around and rolling on the ground. She takes off her veil. Her hair is insane when she takes off her veil. I felt that in a really real way. I was like, oh girl. And she's like trying to kind of fluff it and fix it. And she's rolling around on the ground. And apparently, so there was a lot of controversy about this video for the time. Everyone was like, oh my God, what is happening on TV? This is, the camera's like, basically up her dress. She's wearing stockings with like a garter belt. And she said that she dropped to the ground and rolled around because she lost her shoe. Okay. And she was trying to hide it. So I read that before I actually went and watched this video. Uh, I see both shoes on her feet at all times. So is that true? Was she able to sneak that shoe back on? I don't really know, but I think that that was just, that was an artistic choice. And I, I was like, whoa, 1984. Like that, so, that was a big deal. So it's interesting because I, I watched it and in my memory of it, I think I've combined in my memory, like multiple versions of a performance of that song. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause it wasn't what I was remembering or expecting. And, and the thing that struck me is that one, like she doesn't have her stage presence yet. Right. Like the stage presence that we like know and love as Madonna isn't isn't really there yet. Like she seems a little unsure of herself. I don't know who designed that cake, but it looks to me like she's like, how am I going to get down <laughs> from these like two tiers? Like I'm going to just have to kind of like little slide bit scared. down. <laughs> <laughs> slither down in like this, the sexual beast I am. Yes. Like in this dress that's really just too big. And then at one point, like, I feel like she gets kind of caught up in the dress. Oh yeah. Or uh, like the veil that she took off. Cause yeah, she's like she like, can't get out of it. And so honestly, mostly I mean, what Katie, I saw. I mean, Katie, let me interrupt you. Don't you feel that way when you go to sleep, like with a nightgown on? Like I am tangled oh, up in this shit and I can't get out. I feel that out. way with my hair right now. Like I get tangled <laughs> up in my hair. So like, yes. Yeah. Like Madonna, we feel you. We see you. Yeah. No. Understand. I, I am not a graceful girl. And so yes, like absolutely. So mostly what I came away with from that is like, wow, I don't remember this being so awkward. Um. And then, and, and then the other part too, and I realized that for 1984, it was very controversial, but she gets out on the ground and she does kind of, you know, roll around and whatever, but she also super briefly does this like sort of uh, like hip thrust when she's on her knees, but it's like compared to like what I know she will go on to do in the future. Um, it's like, so oh, baby Madonna. like almost like, like she doesn't quite commit to it all the way. So it's a little extra awkward because she's sort of like, I'm going to do it, but not like really overtly. Um, Yeah. And what I, what I also thought about it was that like, I know that she had gone to school for dance. So she's a dancer. And I was thinking even in the video and in the 1984 VMAs, like there's not a lot of actual dancing 
happening here. No. Like there's moving around, there's some flailing and there's some writhing and rolling, but there's not a lot of actual dancing. And I feel like it was kind of a missed opportunity. I mean, no shade to Madonna. I could never do what Madonna does on her worst day, but right. it's interesting to go back and look at her early performances. It is because it, she, like, I think she became such an iconic performer and has so much stage presence and so much just sort of presence in her, you know, oh, like anything big that energy. she does. Yes. And to go back and see that like in the beginning, that wasn't really there yet. Like it was forming and you can kind of see, you know, the beginnings of it, but she's still new. Kind of like this podcast. Let's right. Like, doesn't home. it, doesn't it make you feel better about like, are there sparks ever... of something here or is it <laughs> right. all just bad? One day will somebody be like, Oh, I just went back and watched their first podcast and it was a little awkward. They're like, right. Oh, so great now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gives us hope. Madonna, yeah. you give us hope. <laughs> May we blossom just like Madonna. Yes. <laughs> right now we're just writhing around rolling on the ground. That's... We're trying to get off of the, the, too steep wedding cake. But let's talk about the the reboot of, of oh, this. Oh, we have to. We would be so remiss if we didn't. The yeah. 2003 VMAs with Brittany, Christina, and Missy Elliott, Queens. Right. Let's talk and about it, it. Okay. So first of all, somebody fixed the problem with the wedding cake and they put stairs. Yes. They put <laughs> a railing and I was like, good call. Good call. I was like, okay, they, they recognize their problem. Right yes. The and bat. the cake the cake is obviously much better. It's nicer. It's, you know, what do the math 19 years later, we've learned some stuff. So we begin with flower girls walking down the aisle, dropping petals dressed as like mini brides and they're wearing belts. And I was like, do those belts freaking say boy toy because unclear and problematic if they do. I don't know that they didn't, but I don't know that they did. So I will say that probably my mom's like number one problem with Madonna was this boy toy persona that she sort of, uh, which I have to agree with as, as a grown woman feminist now, like uh, that, that's a little uncomfortable for young women to be uh, adopting for the boys. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's not what you want. So we open, so, you know, the flower girls, they go by super cute, whatever hopefully not wearing boy toy belts. And we see a young Brittany dressed as a bride in a mini skirt on top of the wedding cake with a veil covering her face. Um, she's wearing a lace bustier, high knee high white boots. She freaking sounds great. Okay. And she looks great. And again, when I think of Brittany and I love me some Brittany, I really do. Even though she was kind of like after my time as a Gen Xer, you know, she right. really came into the ether later I was a young adult but I thought she sounded amazing and she starts singing I'm like yes work it Brittany and she's making her way down the stairs I'm feeling a little bit nervous like you know will she fall (laughs) don't hit your head on the canal tunnel Brittany (laughs) um and then we see dark angel Christina in her like dirty you know that that whole thing where she went with the dark hair and everything she comes in and she starts singing and I'm like, Oh my God, you sound so much better than Brittany because it's Christina. But like, I thought before Christina walked in, I was like, Brittany, you're amazing. I was wrong. 
you are, you have the voice of an angel. I mean, Brittany has a really distinct voice, right? Like it has its own little like quirks to it that are like distinctive to her. And so those were like all very much there. And like, I would say like in the true spirit of the song, like Madonna is many things. And I think that she's awesome, but a solid singer, a solid vocalist isn't necessarily one of them. Like she's a great entertainer and she can, I mean, I'm not judging, like she definitely like manages the songs well, but like, she's not Christina, right? She's not, not, dare I say, she's, she's no Lady Gaga. No. I know Um, there's a lot of contention between them. Yes. yes. (laughs) So immediately, like, so Christina comes in, she like just starts letting loose and then Christina and Brittany just like hit the floor and start rolling around. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Right. What were your immediate thoughts when you saw that? Um, Because both these girls can dance, you know, Brittany and Christina can both dance, but yet the artistic choice was let's hit the ground and roll around. Right. Well, I mean, I think they were trying to be true to the original, right? So I did remember thinking it looked a lot less awkward than (laughs) the first one. It, it's become like really acceptable in the culture of 2003 to for young girls to sit the ground and roll around. I mean, that's kind of what, well, what pop was. And I think they were trying to be like, they're probably trying to top any of the controversy of the original one. Right. Because right. like, as you skip forward in the video, then, it, then they throw in a little more controversy for 2003. Right. So we then see Madonna emerge from the top of the cake. She's dressed in like a black, power suit with like a top hat hat looking like a sexy circus ringmaster and or was she supposed to be the groom that was what I took oh you're smart yes that let's go with that I yes groom not sexy circus ringmaster (laughs) (laughs) yes it's so much better you were still thinking of the lion from (laughs) I was fully waiting for a lion to come on stage because I kind of remembered this video, but I kind of didn't. I remember what happened, you know, the the big moment of the video. I remember that. But like, I was expecting a couple of lions to just be like roaming around. Right. Because that's safe. (laughs) I was thinking (laughs) ringmaster, but clearly you are correct. So, (laughs) so Madonna as the groom comes out of the top of the cake. And I'm excited. I'm like, yes, Madonna, yes. And then she starts singing this song called Hollywood that I don't know. And I apologize if I should know, but I don't know. And I didn't actually love it. And I don't want to get, you know, all the hate comments or anything. But, you know, we're allowed to have our our personal preferences. It's not in the catalog of Madonna, not my favorite. And I have a lot of favorite Madonna songs. No no disrespect. Fair by 2003, I was like, Madonna was not at the center of my world anymore. No, me neither. You know who was at the center of my world in 2003? I'm pretty sure it was John Mayer. Oh, I think you're right. I think John Mayer was definitely at the center. Yeah. Of, uh, at the center of my world in 2003 was like, I had like really like fallen off of the pop culture bandwagon at that point, And I had like reverted back to like, Bob Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel. Mm. No, <laughs> so, I, I was immersed give in them. Give me 70s folk any day. 70s is really where, where my true musical passion lies. But yeah, Hollywood, it was, it was just not, 
I don't know. It was fine. Um, Brittany and Christina, in the meantime, they have shed a lot of tool, a lot of uh, fabric, right? a lot of wedding fabric. Um, yes. And Christina's wearing like a white, I don't know, sort of like bodysuit thing, leotard thing. And mm-hmm. Brittany's in a mini dress. The three of them start dancing. It's all very choreographed. It looks great. It's awesome. And then we have the moment. Do you want to talk about the moment? The moment. The big shocker. Right. The big 2003 shocker. The bi- right. Because now. Not a 2020 shocker. Not a 2020 shocker at all. And um, yeah. Nothing and- shocks us in 2020. <laughs> Nothing at all could ever what would it be? <laughs> I, I, literally, there there isn't a thing. Let's not try to imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt fate. This year will bring it to be. <laughs> <laughs> of course it will. But yeah, so so there's the kiss between Madonna and and Brittany, and uh, which of course at the time was like super shocking. In and reality, then Madonna like, and Christina. Did I miss that part? So Madonna <laughs> and Brit kiss. And then Madonna and Christina kiss. Oh, see, maybe I looked away for a second. I, yeah. Now I feel remiss. That, and, and why is it that everybody talks about Madonna and Brittany, but not Madonna and Christina? I don't know. Because what was really funny in the video that I watched on YouTube, they cut to Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And I think they had already broken up by then. I mean, that's Justin, what I was trying to figure and, out. Like thinking, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. And when they were panning to all the people in the audience, I was loving it. Like, I think I saw. Snoop Dogg was my favorite. That was my absolute <laughs> favorite. Like, he was just like, what, like, what is going on right and now? And the Nim was there. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan was there. Paris was there. I was like, oh my God, yes. It was fun. It was fun to see all those people again. So there's, you know, the big kiss and everyone's like, whoa. And then Missy Elliott arrives in a tux from this like wedding chapel right. thing. And she like gets the party started. And when she arrived, really, that was when it got really fun for me. Like when it first opened, it was fun. And when Missy arrived, it was, it was really fun. I mean, all yeah. in all, fun times, good times. Yeah, I agree. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, I, I would say overall, much more enjoyable than the original uh, music video yes. award performance. And obviously, like Madonna, Madonna was performing in her full. Right, like I feel like what like, did they? What she did had they come call? into her own so completely. She owned the stage. What did they call her? Did they call her like the the godmother of pop or something like that? Does this sound familiar? Am I making no. this? I don't know because I was, you said that and I immediately thought the Godfather of Soul. And then I was like, no, this is not James Brown. So, no, I feel um, like the Queen I of make, Pop. Is she the Queen of Pop? No, I feel like, I feel like at some point there was this idea, especially when like Brittany and Christina came along, that she was sort of the like matriarch. Like the fairy godmother of women in like pop music I mean it uh, makes sense right and I feel like that's kind of what you see when she like you know rises up out of the from behind the cake that right. it's like um which yeah I don't that like at, at that point I was really out of that world but um it's still very enjoyable to watch it was fun so have we wrapped up like a virgin any final thoughts on that song I think, I think I said everything I had to say about it. Like, I think just still the overarching question of this whole podcast is why the lion? (laughs) Why Why the lion? Where is the mask today? Where does the mask live? Is is there like a hall of fame? Maybe it's in like a museum somewhere. 
a rock and roll hall of fame that's in cleveland there is you know i used to live in ohio i should know this when i when i did a search for this video i saw an image came up of the actual costume like behind glass and all of that i wonder if if the mask lives there maybe or maybe I don't, it's just such a weird part. I don't yeah. know. I, I think it's one of those questions that may never be answered. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to do a little bit more recon right. on that. See if we can find that out. Also, if you're listening, if someone's listening and you know the answer, please let us know. Let us know. We want to know. But we'd like sources. If you do know. The <laughs> we fact check. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, we feel like it. Sometimes. Okay. Let's move on because there were a lot of good singles on this album, actually, but we decided we were only going to talk about two for right. time. Right. Let's talk about Material Girl. Yes, Material Girl. So I don't know how you feel. I actually liked Material. Material Girl was more of a favorite of mine as a kid than Like a Virgin. Like, I mean, I certainly sang Like a Virgin a lot and whatever, but like there was something about, I think I liked the video for Material Girl better uh, with the pink and the diamonds. And yeah, the, it was a know. fun video and... You know, it's got that like synthesized hook, mm-hmm. you know, living in a material. So it was like, that was one of those things that that earworm, even, you know, our parents who had little to no interest in Madonna, I'm sure that was stuck in their heads because we were playing it all the time. It was stuck in my head all the time. Right. It's just, a, it's still a great song today. It holds up. It's fun to listen to. I could it see is. myself doing a nice slow jog to it because I'm not fast. But like, it's fun. It comes on, you know, and everyone's like, yes, let's do this. So for the video, we open on to like Hollywood type men, sort of like your old fashioned kind of kid. I'm going to make you a star kind of guys, you know, and and they're watching Madonna on screen and it's Madonna, the performer, not to be confused in this video with Madonna, the real girl. Okay. So this is her performer persona on screen and full like, so this video is a nod to Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and, and her performance of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. So we see her on the screen and one of the guys is like, she could be the biggest star in the universe. <laughs> and um, the other guy's like, yeah, she already is, you know. And he's not wrong because she really was the biggest star in the universe. She was the brightest for a really long time. We cut to real girl Madonna in her dressing room on the phone and she's talking to somebody and she's like, yeah, he gave me a diamond necklace and thinks he can impress me with gifts. And outside her door, one of the Hollywood guys is, is seen listening to her call, which kind of rude. I mean, (laughs) I don't, I don't know why he was doing that, but he's holding this like little meager gift that I could only assume. He's holding, he's holding a fancy necklace. Um, and she oh. says, oh, I think they're real. He thinks like he can impress me with like expensive gifts. And the guy's like, oh, damn it. And so the kid Because I too by. am holding expensive gifts. Right. Like, oh, this isn't going to work. Everybody does this. So then he like tosses it in the like bag of like the PA that's walking by or whatever. Yeah. Like he throws um, it away. Okay, wait. So number one, I'm concerned I'm I had a mini stroke or something because I didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't get that. I was okay. like, he's holding something small, like a box of chocolates. No, I think it was a diamond necklace. Okay. So <laughs> I can't believe I missed that kind of big, um, but you know, these Madonna videos are kind of deep sometimes they're hard for me. <laughs> so 
if he's holding this expensive gift and she's like, yeah, you know, expensive gifts don't impress me. Why would you throw it in the trash? Like, take it back. Get your money back, man. Because that's Does he just have so much money that he can throw away a box of loose diamonds? What was in that box? Yeah, that's how rich he is. He's that rich that he can just be like, oh, this isn't going to work. Like, I'm going to get rid of it. Which we'll discuss this again at the end of this video. And and message, uh, I don't even know this is the message they were meaning to send, but what message I took from it. Okay. uh, well now. do you think okay let's we're taking a deep dive here do you think the pa fished that out of the trash because it was wrapped quite nicely and um do you think oh, he I went think home he... with a box of loose diamonds oh for sure yeah i think just like the look on his face as the guy like tosses it in the bag he's got is like what like what are you doing um because if someone threw away like a nice wrapped package with a bow into my trash can i would have to open it I would have to know what that was. Oh, of course. Like who's, who, who is not that nosy? So that that sets the stage for us for how rich he is. Okay. Okay. I didn't get that. So that like changes everything. And my notes are now in the PA's (laughs) trash because (laughs) I, yeah. Okay. So I thought that, that, that guy didn't stick around long enough to hear her say she wasn't impressed. Like he heard her say, yeah, yeah, he gave me a diamond necklace and thinks he can impress me with gifts, but I didn't think he heard her say that she wasn't impressed. Did I miss that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you did because I feel like okay. that was the whole reason that he's like, oh, like this isn't going to work. Okay. And while later he has daisies for her, right? We will talk about those, those shabby daisies later. Yes, yeah. I have feelings about those. Um, okay. So... So this tells us, the audience, that we now know that real girl Madonna is not a material girl at all. She is right. a girl of substance. Right. Right? She is not into the diamonds and the fancy things. So then we, we cut to Madonna, the performer, in her pink satin gown, dripping in diamonds, and she is surrounded by, yes, Katie, I counted, 21 I'm going to call them gentlemen because they're dressed. They're very dapper. <laughs> dapper gentlemen. So <laughs> they're like the equivalent of like the later to come video vixen of Robert Palmer, but they're right. not, but they're, they're gentlemen. But they're dudes, which is, dudes. which also does my feminist heart good. And there's also um, not a ton, but maybe by 1984 standards, like some diversity in there. Uh, which I feel like is something that Madonna. It's awesome. Yeah, Madonna seemed to be a little more better about diversity. Uh, she was maybe an early a lot adopter. of other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and w- what I was thinking about, because my mind does this sometimes, like, okay, so this was 36 years ago. Okay, this video, and these dapper gentlemen, like they're 36 years older, and now these men yeah. are entering retirement age. I. Yeah. But think about these guys. Like, were they dancers? Were they her backup dancers? Were they career dancers? Who else did they dance for? What are they doing now? Do they own dance studios? Or are they they working on, you know, projects in their woodshed? Like I what what's happening? where, where, Where are they now? Then there's this scene where she performer Madonna, presumably, not real girl Madonna, pulls into the studio lot in a convertible, dressed in like pure 
old Hollywood glamour, head to toe coral, which was just so gorgeous, right? That color was amazing. A scarf on her hair, like real Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise totally got their inspo here. And I was into it. She looked so beautiful. Yeah, I feel like that was, and that is interesting when you say like, was that supposed to be performer Madonna or real girl Madonna? Because I feel like according to the subplot of the video, like it should have been real Real girl girl Madonna. But the reason I didn't think it was, was because in the very next scene, and this was confusing for my simple mind, we cut to like casual Madge playing cards, looking super chic and like, just really like, I'm a cool, regular girl who knows how to play cards. Like I'm not dressed in old Hollywood glamour. I'm dressed in like a cute, I don't know, crop top and- Well, and maybe that's because at this point she's like already on set, you know? And so she she was coming, like she's trying to keep up her persona uh, coming okay. on to the lot versus like once she's there, she can just kind of be like that, you know? Um, I don't know. But I think yeah. it was an excuse to to um, look a little like yeah. to wear that costume. I think it was an excuse for a beautiful coral costume change. That's what right. I think that we was. may be trying to like attribute too much. Uh, Not possible. <laughs> Not possible. <laughs> so. What was the theme of the coral? Like I, I felt like that was an obvious statement. Like the pink satin dress. I mean, that's clearly what Marilyn wore in her performance, um, and it's obviously ultra femme, but the coral, did you think there was any significance to it? Oh, I didn't really. And the car was red too. So I was like, hmm, what are we thinking? I don't, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really go, uh, go down that. Is this like, um, so Lori and I were in school together and in many classes together, uh, one of which was- We were international baccalaureate students, kids. Yeah. Well, I, I officially wasn't, I mean, we definitely took international baccalaureate courses. Uh, I never took the tests because I was over that. Did I take the uh, test? No, you didn't. You took AP tests. I did. How Uh, do you know that? And I don't. I'm pretty sure you took AP On account of my mini stroke, Kate, I don't remember. I don't know. (laughs) I think, I think you did. I I can't say for certain. I will say all that that left me with four years of that is, um, my constant need to look for symbolism in everything, which is why I'm asking well, you about that. And that's that. why I bring mm-hmm. this up because I don't know if you recall that, um, I want to say- Scarlet Letter? I don't think it, was it the, I want to say Young Goodman Brown. Is this a story by Nathaniel Hawthorne? Am I making this up? The Scarlet um, Letter was. It was, like, but we also did other Nathaniel, we did a whole Nathaniel Hawthorne like deep dive in that class. Um, and We there just was a, lost our audience. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> We're like, oh no, <laughs> I did not. It's sign not up true. For this. There's like two English teachers out there that are like, this is the best podcast I've ever listened to. <laughs> We're about to be assigned as homework. <laughs> oh my god, I have a son in college. Maybe, maybe it can be him. No, no, no. But like, it, stick with me. There was a line about a girl with a pink bow, and we had to explain the significance of the pink bow. And I was like, whatever. Maybe he just liked pink. I the teacher. I don't remember that at all. Okay. Oh, because the teacher was like, no, like it's it symbolizes like the combination of like red for evil and white for purity and like the combination <gasps> into pink. Um, and I was like, I-, I don't think so, but okay. Um, if you say so. 
So this is what I'm wondering, is the coral the combination of like the pink and the red? But what does that mean? I don't know. Apparently I need my 10th grade, 11th grade English teacher to tell me. Uh, I don't know. I got through those classes without reading the books. Don't ask me (laughs) how. I took really good notes and I was never absent. I think that's how I did it. But okay, so we don't know. Maybe they just found a really cute coral scarf and built the outfit around it. That's entirely possible, but I was into it. Right. Or they're so good. Really deep meaning that we've missed. Madonna, get back to us. Then we're back to like performance Madge, and she's reaching into these like video gentlemen's pockets for like diamond jewelry. And she's being showered with these diamond gifts. At some point she's cloaked in a mink. I wonder if PETA had opinions about it because was I know a thing back in the eighties. Like, was that, you know, who would have, and, and we'll talk about him more in the future. You know, who would have had strong opinions about it? Who? River Phoenix. Oh, River. I, I would actually really like to do a whole episode arc on paying tribute. Um, he yes. was important and, to both of our lives. And so we shall, but nobody cared for the animals more than River. Oh, that's um, true. N- now we're near the end of the video, right? Mm-hmm. And we see the Hollywood guy again, the one that dumped the right. box of diamonds. Um, in her dressing room, while she's looking like super cute, just white, like Okay, we could talk about symbolism there, but this like casual, cute crop top, lace shirt, midi skirt, white booties, so cute. Like I would, actually, I wouldn't wear that outfit, but if someone else wore it, I would wish that I could wear it. Right. I think that would look so chic today. I think it would look so cute. And he brings her the shabbiest daisies. Okay, I love a daisy. I do. I don't even need like the fancy Gerber or Gerbera. What are they called? Gerber daisies? Gerber like, daisies. Also a former job of mine was as a, a, a flower shop employee. Yes. They are Gerber daisies. They're beautiful. <laughs> um, but like these daisies and I love a wildflower. Like, yes, it's wildflowers, you know, but like, did he literally pick those off the studio lot? Cause they look like crap. They look like crap. And, and she loves them. She's like, yes, I don't need, you know, boxes of diamonds. I love these shabby daisies. And he escorts her into his like old truck and they. So I think you missed something. Okay. Tell me. Yeah. So what happens is he's going to go and see her. Right. And he, we know from earlier in the video that like, she's not going to be impressed by fancy expensive gifts. He, I think the idea is that he runs into like a a worker who is, you know, on the studio lot for whatever reason, who has this like shabby truck. It's not a shabby truck. It's an old truck, but it's actually very nice. It is very Um, nice. And he pays him to use his truck. Yeah. Where was I? He like, basically like, there's like this exchange between the guy who really owns the truck and the producer guy. Okay. So to be like... He's okay. the guy driving the convertible when she was dressed in old Hollywood glam, right? The guy, the truck, Are you the real saying, truck owner? No, the Hollywood the guy. guy. Did he say, yeah, I have this fancy red convertible, but she's not impressed by fancy things. I now want this guy's truck. Right. Like he's not, he's not, he wants to impress her with like unfancy things. Oh, so he wants so. to drop thousands of dollars on a old truck, old nice truck, old nice truck instead of this box of diamonds. 
Well, I don't even know that he like, I don't know that he like buys the truck as much as he just like borrows it for the evening. Um, and so that, so then he goes in and is like, here, I brought you these like daisies. daisies and like, let's go into my very working class truck. Um, and she's like, oh, awesome. Okay. Um, so what I'm thinking as I'm watching this whole video is first of all, like how um, I, I didn't even remember this whole like real Madonna back versus story. Yeah. I just remember the, the pink and the guys all around her and all of that. And that the words of the song are very materialistic. Yes. And that when I was thinking about like, if I were a parent now, how would I feel about my child? Like if, if we compare like the sort of sexual messages of like a virgin virgin to the materialistic messages of material girl, which one is more disturbing? And like, I think to me, like the materialism is more disturbing, but then you add this arc of the like backstory of the video and it sort of comes out and says like, no, actually materialism like isn't where it's at. Like she really, the guy who gets her is the guy who like has the shabby daisies and the truck, not the big fancy car, which is that like, if it ended there, that would be great. But then you're like, and he did it by totally manipulating her. Like, what message does that send? You know, this is really funny because there's, okay, so if we go back to for a moment, like a virgin, where the lyrics are actually really on the up and up, right? Not necessarily about sex at all or about, you know, connection with God, blah, blah, blah. And then the video is intended to be, oh, there's this virginal bride meeting her lion man, right? Right. So the video is like so much more suggestive than the actual lyrics themselves, right? right? But then when we flip to Material Girl, the lyrics are pretty shallow and, right. and materialistic. And yet the video is saying, no, it's not that at all. Right. Yeah, that is, that's an interesting uh, juxtaposition. Yeah, it really is. And then the very last scene of this video, suddenly like she and this guy are kissing and there's rain or water. They're in the shower. <laughs> What's happening? It was like the very end and there's water and they're kissing. And where are they? Where did they I go? I, I, is that to symbolize that like he got her, he got her with his manipulation, like, you know. And, and what about the rain? Cause it was a nice day outside. I'm not going to lie. When he picked her up in that, in that truck, there was no forecast. There rain. was no, Yeah. I don't know. I have to say, I, I might have stopped paying attention at that point because I can't actually picture it in my head. So, uh, fail on my part. But, um, well, I missed the whole truck exchange entirely. <laughs> so, I mean, whatever, right? Right, right. Yeah. You like, you must have been very confused about this video. <laughs> I was just like, oh, he also has a truck. I think I thought like maybe it was a truck on the studio lot. Like, hey, yeah. let me go drive you to craft services so we can get <laughs> right. like a modest, a modest, a, you a know. plate full of like delicious foods that are always on the craft services table. You know what we forgot to talk about? What? Can, we go, can we go back? Um, we can go back and we're going to go back this way because I don't know how to edit. So I'm not going to like okay. splice this in, um, in real time. So go ahead. Uh, Let's go back. What we neglected to talk about, I think this is in the show notes somewhere. I can't remember what year it was. There was, she did a performance, um, in Toronto, Canada of like a virgin and the police were on standby. They were going to arrest her because she was simulating masturbation third night of her show 
she's gone on stage and and at this point now she's like fully into her like she's madonna embodiment of madonna and like i'm gonna do the hip thrusts and that all of the things okay um and so the police had threatened to arrest her if she if she uh basically for being lewd um on stage and and they were there they were in the wings um and then they didn't arrest her but she she did not hold back it's a very um so why do you think they didn't arrest her plenty of performers have been arrested for just that well and it's interesting because it was in i didn't realize i think in like remembering it when you know at the time it was in canada so Mm -hmm. i don't know what free speech protections are in canada i know that in the u.s that would be a little challenging not to say that they wouldn't do it but that it would be potentially hard for it to hold up in court um maybe the police were just too entertained they're like well we forgot why we were here and honestly i think at some point she's like they just wanted free tickets (laughs) so so madonna but just interesting that there was like this whole controversy and when you go and watch it i mean by today's standards i I think there's probably way more controversial, like, I don't even know, controversial is not the right word. Like, there's just things like that are more normal now in our pop culture. And and we have bigger problems. Right. And so, but it, and and it's interesting because I I do remember at the time, and I, I, I have no source for this. This is purely based on my memory, which is questionable, arguably. But um, I do remember there being this issue of like, well, back to Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson grabs his crotch all the time. And like, right. why is it when Madonna does it, it's an arrestable offense. But was he simulating masturbation? I mean, no. why else are you grabbing your crotch? <laughs> As a I don't know. Men seem to do it a lot. So I can't really speak to that. Um, um, but I just, it's just interesting. And I mean, it wasn't, I don't know. Um, you know, going back to Material Girl though, that this video was actually also directed by Mary Lambert, the one that re- that directed Like a Virgin. Um, and strangely, there were no animals involved. No. Make note. Um, this, there's a rumor. I, I can't, I can't quite, you know, I found this like on, I think I saw it on Wiki. Oh, you know, uh, Wiki. Um, rumor has it that she met Sean Penn for the first time on the set of the Material Girl yeah. video. Someone he knew or was working with or an assistant or some, somebody something was there on set and um, he was just, just happened to be with him and she met him for the first time. Um, so yeah, kind of cool story if it's true. They're at Paramount, right? That's the Paramount lab that they're on maybe? Let's so say yes, I don't know. Um, but this Material Girl the song it was the second single release on the album and it spent two weeks and number 15 on the billboard top 100. And I actually remember this song. I don't know. That doesn't 15 is impressive. Yes, totally. But I feel like this song was bigger than that. I, know. I mean, yeah. it was like worldwide. It like shattered all kinds of records and the album itself was just a giant, giant success. I think maybe what made this song and, and the video was, was the, um, parallels that were drawn between her and Marilyn Monroe. And mm-hmm. so that caused a lot of like, some people were like, yeah, that's great. And some people are like, this is sacrilege. You know? Right. right. Um, so that made you know, Marilyn, Marilyn was ahead of her time too. So right. that makes sense. Did you, were you struck though by how like 
like when I think about this video in my memory, I remember it being like super fancy and super like all this stuff. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's kind of campy and like not that fancy. It's sort of like it's a cheap very looking. Basic um, stage. Like there, you know, there's, you know, okay, we have the red curtains and the stairs and there's a couple of columns with like, I don't know, something on the flower arrangements. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, it was all kind of simple, but I think because there were just, it was so grand in terms of like her dress and the diamonds and the 21 gentlemen. Yeah. I, I feel like it seemed bigger than that. Right. And I mean, maybe it's kind of like when you go back and you watch old like sci-fi movies and at the time, like the special effects seemed amazing. And now you're like, is, is somebody like holding up a toy spaceship in front of a camera with a black sheet behind it in, in, in <laughs> the words of in the infamous words of beavis and butthead these special effects are very special and right. so, there you go right. so yeah that was just i just had that i was like oh this seemed so fancy at the time and <laughs> it's just not that fancy but i have to say I, like i am for sure a girl who like i like tell guys all the time like I am not impressed by roses and dying. I'm like, maybe this is where this came from. <gasps> the subliminal message. Look, <laughs> um, you into the woman you are. I literally tell guys, I'm like, if you buy me a dozen roses on Valentine's Day, I'm so not impressed. But if you go pick me some wildflowers when we're just like out on a hike, assuming you're allowed to do that, don't please don't pick wildflowers that you're not allowed to pick. Only you would say that. <laughs> literally, like you're the only person like I might say that about a California poppy like I might because it's against think the law actually go to jail yeah, yeah um don't lay uh, down in the poppies either people for your Instagram like it's just it's not worth it um also rattlesnakes tend to hang out in the areas the poppies grow uh again <laughs> only you would know that it's because I used to live right next to the poppy reserve in okay. uh, uh in the Antelope Valley yeah so I, maybe maybe without realizing it this video is where that came from Thank you, Madonna. Thank you, Madonna. Every man that I have dated who has not had to spend a lot of money on jewelry or roses um, appreciates you. Thanks, Madge. Nice. Yeah. All thanks to her. Now, some final thoughts. Um, I heard that 62-year-old Madonna is... Which, what? <laughs> like, how is that possible? You know, it's really... It only sounds weird if you don't consider that we are now 44, um, right. Because in my mind, we're not 44. We're still teenagers. So to think of Madonna as 62 is shocking, but Madonna will right. always be older than us because we looked up to her and she right. was, she is older than us. I mean, obviously, but like, right. yeah, she's 62 and you know what? We're going to be there in not that long. So, well, may we be there like she is because she oh, is a rocking 62 so year old. good, right? Yeah. Um, she is going to, Variety reported, she is going to direct her own biopic written by or written with maybe with, by uh, Diablo Cody, which is so exciting. Love her. Um, okay, you... so this is where, this is where, like, I have to, this is where me falling off the pop culture wagon. Uh, I don't know who that is. Diablo Cody? Yeah. Didn't she direct Juno? Didn't she oh. write Juno? And a lot of other okay. cool things. She's very awesome. We love okay. her. I don't okay. want to be wrong. I mean, I, I do know deal. Juno, and I and I'm a fan of Juno, so yeah. um, that is exciting, and it seems like an interesting pairing. But hey, okay, so who would you cast to play her? So I, you asked me this question, and I this again is see this is where it's going to be hard to do this podcast with me uh, because I 
don't, I don't know anyone who's like young and up and coming at this moment in history because I don't pay attention to modern pop culture. So I don't know. Okay. I thought about this long and hard because I'm still a really huge fan of even modern day pop culture. And I will say most of what I know about pop culture, I learned from you. (laughs) I learned it from watching you. Um, I think that Miley Cyrus could kill it as Madonna. She kind of looks like her, like a young Madonna. And I just think Miley is such a talent. I know that, I mean, she, she's an incredible vocalist. One could argue she's a better vocalist than Madonna, but she's a great entertainer. And I feel like she would really throw herself into the role. I feel like she could kill it. I do. That's interesting. How old is Miley Cyrus now? I don't know. I want to at least say she's 30. Yeah. And not because I know that to be true, but because I don't want her to be that much younger than me. <laughs> I mean, 30 still I mean, a lot younger than 30, me, but you know what I'm she's saying. She's 14 years younger than you, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Or I, like an unknown, like let's give someone a real big I shot almost to like kill feel, it. I almost feel like that's the answer, like an unknown. So you don't or, recognize them from other things. You could buy into it. Right, or like I could see like somebody who's like the child of a very famous actor that like st- we still don't really know a whole lot yet. They get all um, the good roles. I'm sorry. I know true. you probably haven't watched it, but Emily in Paris. I'm that's Phil Collins's daughter. Like mm. I just did not love her in that role. I didn't. I'm right. sure Lily Collins is lovely. I just I didn't love her in that role. And it's like I feel like the famous kids get all the breaks. Wait, is Madonna's daughter like? Oh, Lourdes. Like, is she, is this a possibility? I don't know. I don't even know why my mind didn't go there. (laughs) Um, I I know nothing about her. Like, I feel like there's this whole generation of children. Like, I don't know what happened to Frances Bean. uh, Oh, she's still around. Kurt Cobain. Like, where did she go? I don't know where all these people are. Yeah. Uh, The offspring of of the icons. Um, Sounds like a podcast episode. Right? Timestamp it. Okay, Cool. Yeah. So, so are we going to call it? Are we going to, are we going to wrap up our first podcast? I think so. Okay. Um, hopefully we didn't make any mistakes so big that we feel like we have to go back and edit because neither of us know how to do that yet. Yeah. No, Um, still learning. So I'm just going to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you can't wait to hear more, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. And because we're newbies in this space, if you'd leave us a rating and review on iTunes, it would mean literally everything to us. You can find us on the socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at the Untitled Gen X Podcast. We hope you keep in touch. And until next time, bye, guys. Bye.